This is the Warm Springs Program. Oregonians know Ron Wyden as a senator who listens and innovates. He's always citing the need to throw open the doors of government for all Oregonians as he holds a town hall meeting in each of Oregon's 36 counties every year. Wyden's first stop in 2024 was in Jefferson County, where he heard the concerns of a wide range of community members, including students from Madras High School who expressed concerns about school safety, foreign affairs, and water rights for farmers. Uh, hey, Senator Wyden. My name is Taft Rice. I'm a senior at Madras High School, and I had a question for you that had to deal with the farmers up on the plains. Uh, so we, as you know, we have one of the oldest, well actually we have the original water district in the, I believe it's in the country. And when we started that water district, we were guaranteed two feet of water for every acre. And because the spotted frog crisis has moved down to six tenths of an acre, or six tenths of a foot per acre, and we're still expected to grow the same amount of crop with that six tenths of we were with two feet of water. So how are we expected to grow the same amount of crop with hardly any water? What, what kind of crop is your family growing? Uh, we grow grass seed, we grow wheat, we grow barley, uh, we grow all kinds of stuff, but we're still expected to grow the same no matter what. Yeah, and you're hoping to take over the farm someday? Uh, not necessarily take over the farm. I work with several farmers up on the plains, and it's just made it very hard for us to compete with farmers in the valley that have far more uh, water or access to water than we do uh, because we have to deal with spotted frogs so much, which isn't native to Oregon. Yeah. Um... To two issues, one in terms of endangered species and then the question of ag. And I start with the proposition, we do a bunch of stuff well in this state, but what we do best is we grow things. We ought to grow them, we ought to add value to them and ship them all around the world because the world loves buying Oregon products, wheat and all the kinds of products you were just talking about. The Endangered Species Act is one where I think there's an opportunity with some leadership to come up with a fresh approach. I believe that the idea of what species should be listed is a federal one. It's something that all of us as Americans, 330 million plus, ought to be able to be part of the decision. But once you decide to list something, you should turn it over to local authorities in order to implement how you carry that out. Because the spotted frog approach in Jefferson County won't necessarily be the one that you'd use in Iowa or Kentucky or New York or somewhere else. And I hope that we can start seeing support for that because I think the designation of a species, there's a legitimate reason to believe that that's something that all Americans, the 330 million of us, through their members of Congress and the president, can be involved in that debate. But then, darn it, we shouldn't say that carrying it out, it's the same thing for Jefferson County as it is for you know, Beverly Hills or Atlanta or something. You ought to have the freedom to devise your own plan. <clears throat> this kind of comes to the question the girl had over here. I grew up, my family's been in Oregon since 1850. And timber industry has been a huge part of our family. And when we had a strong timber industry, our schools were some of the best schools in the country. Is, is this ever going to come about again? Or um, it seems like some of the wrong people are in charge of 
harvesting our timber. I mean, next to Canada, we have one of the largest natural resources in, in the country. Um, is there any, what can happen to get this timber industry going again to support our schools? I mean, they, like I said, we had some of the best schools in the country. Yeah. The basic foundation for the next steps on forestry and timber and the like are just two words, multiple use. We have been at our strongest when it relates to forestry, and we say, look, you know, and I wrote the Secure Rural Schools Bill, and uh, this county gets a fair amount of money uh, through uh, this uh, program because it picks up some of the revenue that was lost by changes in timber and, um, and forestry. And I want to continue to support that, but I want us to get back to multiple use, and if we do that, and we have more sensible policies to protect the forest because we ought to go in there and thin out all those overstocked timber stands that are just magnets for fire. The combination of a multiple use, you know, thinning, my secure rural schools bill, those three things get you back in a more balanced sort of way as it relates to forestry. All right. So this year, I have gone throughout my entire schooling career never once having any sort of issue with any security at our schools. But this year in particular, we've had two major threats against our high school our schools in our county. This is unprecedented, and we have found um, and normally it's from overseas or from a major city that could just be the result of some VPN replacing of their IP. So how can we mitigate these random uh, threats with no base? Well, I think that your point is, is a critical one because public safety, particularly at a school, is essential. Now, the first thing we have to do is end this, you know, defund the police and all the kind of rhetoric that we've seen. I mean, there is not a field on earth, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, by the way, a United States senator, where there aren't, you know, instances of conduct that's unacceptable. But what we know is we're very lucky to have the outstanding law enforcement people that we've got, you know, in this room. Now, part of this is also um, technology and I think that these platforms these social media platforms have got to do a lot more to weed out the kind of policies and rhetoric that incite you know people now they have the legal authority to do that to weed that out and remove it from a platform how do I know that because I wrote the law that allows them to do it, it's called Section 230, one of the most important um, social media kind of issues. And I expect these platforms, particularly now that we're seeing swatting and all these new kinds of things that threaten students. I was told um, in Safeway when we were making that visit and stopping that you know, a number of students were frightened and didn't come as a result of those reports that you're hearing. We can't have that. So whether it's supporting law enforcement, having social media companies step up, this is the time. A great question. These students are two for two. 
Um, hello, my name is Jenny Park. I'm a senior this year at Max High School. Um, my question for you tonight, Ron Wyden, is with the ongoing and current genocide that Israel is committing against Palestine, when will you call for a ceasefire and an immediate stop to the U.S. funding of tax dollars to yeah. Israel? Here, here's where we are. Here's where we are in the Middle East, and your point is a very good one and extraordinarily um, important. As you know, there was an attack on uh, the 7th of October, and Hamas took credit for it. And in the Hamas charter, in their covenant, in their basic document, they call for the genocide of the Jewish people. There's no ambiguity, there's no confusion about that. So what I have tried to do in the Middle East, and I'm on the Intelligence Committee, so your question's a very good one, very timely, is I've tried to see the Middle East through the face of the Palestinian mom and the Jewish mom. Because both of them want the same thing. And there are things that we can do, like be for a two-state solution to recognize that both have a right to exist. So that's what I'm working for. I'm chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, so part of it will involve international trade. I very much favor the humanitarian assistance that's being uh, secured for the, for the area. Uh, I just can't support something that will just give Hamas a chance to go out and rearm again. They want that. There was a ceasefire on October 7th. So your point is a very good one. We've got to find a way to get a lasting peace that acknowledges particularly the Palestinians and the Israelis, and by the way, I don't agree with um, Mr. Netanyahu on lots of things. Just this week, I called for more aid for the Palestinians, which he opposed. So your point is a good one. We'll probably talk about it in the course of the afternoon. But that's how I'm approaching it. Um, my question for you is, with college tuition as high as it is right now in Oregon, how are you making it more accessible for low-income students? Well, first thing I want to do is I want to get the aid and particularly what people have for a repayment schedule tied to the income and the financial well-being of the students. So, for example, if you see a young person from a family that didn't have much and this is the first to go to college and, you know, the like, and they go to a job, say they're doing um, work in their community or something, they have a low wage, their payment you know, should, ref you know, should reflect that. I also think it's time to get a lot tougher in terms of the way these programs are administered because I see too much inefficiency and too much fat. And, you know, college is one of the few things people buy that there's no competition for. It's just not right. And we ought to have more oversight People ought to get more value. Higher incomes ought to pay more than people of modest 
uh, means. And you know, Oregon, the legislature has had some programs that move in the right direction, but too many students are coming out with too much debt. And I actually got something passed that said, um, starting this year, you might have seen it in the press, that said that uh, what students owe for debt can be counted as their portion of funding retirement. And this is going to mean a lot to students um, of modest incomes who are um, trying to pay for education. First of all, Senator, thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, I watch C-SPAN all the time. And, do, you, do, you stay, do you stay up till 2 or 3 o'clock yep. in the morning and listen How to me the, for you? Yeah, the House and the Senate. And secondly, I want to thank all our veterans. I'm very interested in the appropriation. You know, are, is there going to be a continuing resolution or what's going on? Um, this is a very good question and a very important one, and you're being a little bit too logical for the federal government. What we have been doing is kind of sort of putting things off and putting things off for 30 days you know, at, a, at a time, and because of the holidays, it's going to be a challenge to you know, do that again. I just think both sides are going to have to find some common ground here. I mean, it's not unlike the challenge with respect to the, you know, the Middle East, is that you, know, you can just say it's that person's fault or that person's fault. You know, there's a lot of history on a number of these kinds of issues. But what I know is definitely wrong is shutting down the government. Because you shut down the government, and a lot of people get hurt, you know, number one, and you just, again, harm the credibility of those of us who are trying to find a way to bring people together. So there's going to have to be an uh, agreement, for example, on the very tough foreign policy issues, which we started to touch on uh, just a minute ago. And Ukraine is, you know, is part of that, Ukraine and, uh, and Russia. Uh, I feel very strongly about the health care issues. I want to expand the mental health uh, programs that, uh, that uh, Jay was talking about and that we're getting underway. So uh, there's going to be a group of us, and you've probably been seeing this in the paper if you're watching C-SPAN, who are involved in the negotiations. You take the border. How many of you have been following the discussion with respect to the border and, uh, and the like? I want everybody to know I think this country is a better and stronger place because of immigration. Because of immigration, and you know, my parents fled the Nazis in the 30s, not all got out. My dad uh, joined our army, and they dropped the propaganda pamphlets on Hitler. We've got to make some changes in these policies. You know, you, you look, for example, at the border situation. Um, I'm supportive of asylum. But there have been some areas where there have been some practices that really need to be changed. So you keep the good, and you get the part that's not efficient, that's not a good use of taxpayer dollars out. So, ma'am, that's one of the big questions um, ap apropos of, of, of the agreement here at the end of the year is the border. And there are a group of us who are trying to bring both sides together. There are some people who say, you know, we just ought to get rid of asylum completely, no matter what the threat is to some of these people you know, who have um, tried to come here for, for safety. I don't favor that. I favor some reforms, not getting rid of it. And then uh, um, there's people on the other side. And 
Finding some common ground is the key. You'll hear that phrase a lot over the course of, uh, of our discussion, folks. We've got a really polarized society, and there are a lot of reasons you know, for it, and it's politics, it's social media, but I like to think that in Oregon we've tried to be better than that, and that's what I'm trying to do as your senator. Senator Ron Wyden's town hall was held the first week of January, and in addition to a group of Madras High School students, several other community members, along with the Madras Mayor, Mike Lapine, and members of law enforcement attended. Following the meeting, Wyden thanked those who participated, noting that there wasn't a bad question in the House and there were a lot of many important comments made. Thanks for listening to the Warm Sheets program. For KWSO, I'm Will Robbins.